Well, last week we looked at blessed are the poor in spirit. And uh, this morning we want to look at the second beatitude. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Now, we all know what it means to mourn. Uh, All of us have mourned and grieved something in our lives. It may be our personal sin. It may be Uh, a personal loss, such as the loss of a loved one or a relationship, or uh, we might be grieving uh, the fact that our children are living far, far from God. We might be grieving over a job situation or a career, or we may be grieving over our past. I remember one time I was sitting with a family who had just lost a 21-year-old son in a car accident. And the father looked at me and said, Joel, I just have one question for you. How does anyone who doesn't know the Lord get through something like this? And the fact is, is that even though he was hurting deeply, he still sensed the Lord's presence with him, giving him strength and comforting him. A third cause that uh, many of us can identify with as far as a cause of grief or mourning is the sin, the sorrow, the suffering in the world. Many of us today are grieving over the situation that our country is in. Many are grieving uh, as we see the falling away of uh, the church in the United States from any sense of righteousness and holiness. Whatever your source of grief, be it from your sin, be it from a personal loss, or be it from just grieving over the state of the world today. These words are for you. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. You know, Jesus, whenever he began his ministry, he went to Nazareth, and it says that he took the scroll of Isaiah, and he found the place where it uh, said in Isaiah 61, 1, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And then he listed the things that he had come to do from a scroll that contained the word of God from 700 years before he read the words that announced the beginning of his ministry. And one of the things was, it says that he has come to heal the brokenhearted. Now the word that's translated comforted here in this passage, when it says, blessed are, the, are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. It comes from the word parakaleo in Greek, and it is sometimes translated helper. It comes from uh, the prefix para, P-A-R-A, which means to be beside or alongside or with. And uh, we get the word parallel from that. You can see where it's something that goes alongside. And then you add to that the word kaleo, which means to call. And so... Uh, Parakaleo means to call one who comes and is there with you. In John 16, 6, Jesus promised that he had to go away so that he could send the comforter, the, the parakletos, he called him. And as we read on, we see that that was the Holy Spirit. Now, he said that uh, he is with you and will be in you. He said it was expedient that he went away so that he could send the comforter, the presence of God with us through the presence of the Holy Spirit. Well, the one who speaks these words to us knows what it's like to grieve. 
we see Jesus, uh, we see him grieving at the tomb of Lazarus. We see him grieving over the city of Jerusalem and weeping over the city of Jerusalem. And then there's another place where we see Jesus, uh, uh, we see him grieving, and I'd never run across this before. And it's found in Mark, the 14th chapter, the 34th verse. That's Mark 14, 34. Jesus has his disciples gathered together for the time of the Last Supper. And he says to his disciples, My soul is deeply grieved. You see that? My soul is deeply grieved. His innermost being was hurting tremendously. He says, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep what? You see, Jesus knows what it's like to grieve. He knows what it's like to be hurting so inside because of grief that it feels like you're going to just die. When it, What we see following that is the pattern that we should all follow whenever we are grieving or mourning. Because you see, this is what he did, and he is our example, as well as being our redeemer. It, first of all, he stated his grief. He said it out loud. He voiced what his grief was. And so that's the first thing that you need to do. You need to be able to confess your grief and to admit your grief. You need to voice it to God. And then the next thing he did was he poured out his heart to God, his heavenly father in prayer. And then what happened? It says that angels came and ministered to him. And so this is the pattern. Confess your grief. Voice it to God. Tell God what it is that's hurting your insides so much. And then just pour your heart out to him. Pour your heart out. It's okay to cry. Just let the tears flow. Be brutally honest with God. Tell him everything that uh, is hurting and everything that you're concerned about. Be brutally honest. If you're mad at him, tell him. And, uh, and then tell him why you're mad at him. If you don't understand, ask him why. If there's something you don't understand, he wants you to understand. He will give you the answer. And then if you cry out to him, if you call out to him, he will come and be alongside you. You know, it says that angels came and ministered to Jesus at the end of the time when he was pouring out his heart to God. And now he comes through the presence of his Holy Spirit and he ministers to you today. He will give you answers. He will give you strength. He'll give you peace. He'll give you conviction. He'll give you power and he'll give you the provision to face whatever might be facing you. As I thought about these things, I remembered my mother because she is one who uh, really, uh, she was one who uh, exemplified this for me. And I saw this entire process go on in her life when I was a little, little child. I had a brother that was born and he was an RH factor baby. Back then they called them blue babies. And Michael Paul was his name. And Michael Paul only lived about three days. And after he passed away, they asked permission from my mom to do an autopsy on him. And she consented. And then it dawned on her what she had done. 
that she had given them permission to basically butcher her little child. And the whole thing just overwhelmed her with grief. And I was oh, not quite three years old, but I can remember for weeks, my mother just couldn't even come out of her room. And I was a little bitty guy. I would go and I remember opening the door because I wanted my mom so bad and peeking in and seeing her just kneeling beside the bed, just crying her heart out and just yelling, why God, why? And just beating the mattress as she prayed. And I would just close the door and go on about my business. And then one day she came out and everything was fine. And it didn't dawn on me that something must have happened. And I didn't know what it was. It was decades later before I even thought to ask her what had happened. And she told me that what happened was that while she was praying and just pouring her heart out in grief to God, all of a sudden he gave her a poem. I wish I'd written it down, but uh, or I wish I'd gotten her to write it down, but I didn't. But the gist of the poem that he gave her was a message to her. And the message was, don't you know that your little boy is more precious to me than he is to you? And notice he used the present tense. He said, your little boy is fine. Your child is right here with me and you'll see him when you get here. But because of this child's death, thousands shall live. And one of the things that came of uh, little Michael Paul's autopsy was it helped them discover the first way to save lives of RH factor babies. And they uh, developed the uh, uh, giving a transfusion uh, right at birth. Just as soon as the baby's born, they would give them a transfusion and the child would be fine for the rest of their lives. Well, whenever the Lord spoke to my mother, his presence and his words gave her peace and comfort. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. This is a pattern that we see all through Scripture. Uh, you can see it back in uh, the, at, the, at the ending of Deuteronomy, the beginning of the uh, book of Joshua, where you see that uh, Moses had led the children of Israel in the wilderness for many, many years, for decades, for 40 years he had led them. And then Moses died. And it says that the children of Israel wept and grieved for 30 days. But then at the end of the 30-day period, it says this, the beginning of the uh, uh, book of Joshua. Now it came to pass about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. And then he goes on and he says at the beginning of his message to Joshua, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He will be with you and his presence will give you what you need and his presence will give you comfort. Some of you are grieving right now and I want to encourage you to just uh, do what Jesus did, do what the children of Israel did, do what many, many, many people in this world have done and follow this pattern. Go ahead and speak out loud what your grief is 
Tell God all about it. Get alone with God and tell him all about it and be brutally honest with him and with yourself. And as you bear the very depth of your soul to him, the same thing that happened to Jesus will happen to you. You will be ministered to, and then you will be strengthened to get up and go on with the things that God has left for you to do in this life. Amen.